following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. We're in Luke chapter 13, page 873. This morning we're going to look at verses 18 through 21. Uh, Two relatively small uh, parables with some pretty big implications. So um, we'll jump right in. Um, Now, if you were here um, with us last week, you may remember that Jesus had uh, just healed a crippled lady on the Sabbath uh, in a synagogue, and the synagogue ruler got all bent out of shape uh, about that, um, but was put to shame for his opposition to the kindness of Jesus uh, that he showed to this poor woman. Um, who'd been oppressed by a disabling spirit for 18 years uh, that caused her to be bent over and unable to stand up straight. And I remind you of that context um, because the verses we're going to look at uh, this morning begin with the word, therefore. And it is very poor Bible study uh, if you begin your study with the word, therefore, without looking to see what it is, therefore. So, Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Luke thirteen eighteen. Jesus said, "Therefore, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? It's like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden, and it grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air made nests in its branches." And again, he said, to what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leavened. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we are grateful once again to gather together in your name around your word. And Lord, we do pray that your spirit would speak. We pray, Father, that you would use your word to change our hearts soften and mold us into your image, into your likeness. So, Lord, we give you this time for your glory and our good. In Jesus' name, amen. So here we have two small parables with some pretty big implications, the parable of the mustard seed and a parable about leaven um, or yeast mixed, um, hidden in three measures of flour. And I don't think that it's an accident that these parables are both uh, so short um, and yet have far-reaching implications um, uh, because that, that's actually the point of both, both parables. <laughs> um, unlike a lot of other parables, the disciples of Jesus didn't ask for any explanation, right? We see that in the Gospels a lot. He says something, and, and they're like, uh, what was that? Um, and I think that's because the disciples got the point, um, and no exposition was needed, which makes writing sermons about this text really hard, because it's there it is right there on the surface. Um, but I'm not going uh, to make that assumption that we all understand what's going on here, um, that we all get it. Um, you know, because that would be really short and the game's not on until one. Um. 
<laughs> so let's start with the mustard seed. What do we know about mustard seeds? What, it, it's, it's small. That's, the, that's the, what we know. Um, this is, um, we actually don't need to know anything about it other than that. Um, because that's the part that matters, is the smallness of the seed. And the mustard seed that Jesus is talking about is not where we get yellow mustard um, that you put on your hot dog. Um, that's, um, those seeds are from uh, herbs of the brassica family, um, according to the Internet. Um, it's not the same thing. <laughs> right? The mustard tree that Jesus was talking about was, um, was most likely the Salvadora persica. I write that down. Yeah, Latin. How about that? Um, this uh, this is a tree that grows wild all throughout the Middle East and um, and in Africa, and these trees grow to a height of around 25 feet tall, um, and have uh, inch and a half to three inch long, fleshy leaves. Again, thank you, Internet. Right? Um, it's not exactly a white pine, but the point is that they grow into pretty big seed, uh, pretty big trees from a very small seed. That's the point, right? What is the kingdom of God like, and what, to what shall I compare it? It's like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden, and it grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air made nests in its branches. Now, though we may have to look up pictures of mustard seeds and mustard trees on the Internet, um, Jesus and his first hearers um, could very well have been looking right at one in front of them. Um, the Google hadn't been invented yet, but they're dealing with reality right in front of them, right? Um, these, these trees were commonplace in Israel, and they still are. This is not a foreign picture to them like it was, uh, like it is or it might be to us. Um, they, would not, uh, they would have known what these tiny seeds look like and in comparison to the great big trees that they grow into. But Jesus said that the kingdom of God is just like that. Uh, but in, in what way, specifically? Small beginnings, big results. Pretty simple. Now, since it's Christmas time, I'm not going to ignore it any longer. Right? We can't ignore the fact that the Savior of the world, the creator of the cosmos, became a tiny baby, right? Wrapped in swaddling cloths and laid in a manger. Pretty humble beginnings, pretty small beginnings for the Messiah, just a babe in the straw, right? Even being raised in Nazareth um, as a boy, Nazareth was known for its lack of significance, <laughs> Uh, even Nathaniel, one of the 12 disciples, when somebody said, come, we've seen the Messiah. He's from Nazareth. And his response was, does anything good come out of Nazareth? And it's like talking about sandwich. Oh, oh. <laughs> zing. Right. <laughs> Nothing comes from sandwich. Only people move there. Right. That no, anyway, that nobody from nowhere, I'm distracting myself. Uh, that nobody from nowhere chose 12 other nobodies from nowhere and turned the world upside down, right? Even today, whether a person is a believer or not, 
Jesus is, user, is, is universally recognized as the single most influential person in history. It doesn't matter if people agree that he's the Messiah or the Son of God or a crackpot. They will all tell you that he is the most influential figure in history. I mean, our calendar is split in half based on his life, right? Or it used to be, A.D. and B.C. In Genesis chapter 22, verse 18, God promised Abraham that through his offspring, all the nations of the world will be blessed. Jesus is that seed of Abraham, and he has certainly blessed all the nations of the world. Now, the kingdom of God started small on earth. And it also often starts small in the heart. And we never know what small thing or series of small things the Lord will use to draw people to himself. I'm sure that we all have stories of the little things that the Lord used to just nudge us a little bit. For me personally, one of those tiny seeds was just a simple bedtime prayer that my mom taught me. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Watch and guard me through the night and wake me with the morning light. The Lord used that prayer in some of the darkest days of my life when I needed to see his light and I couldn't. And he used that prayer to remind me of his great love for me and his desire to have a relationship with me. But we never know what small thing, what small act of kindness, what word fitly spoken, the Lord will use in someone else's life to draw them. Babysitting your grandkids and, or, and their friends so their moms can go shopping. Inviting a friend to camp or to youth group. Praying with somebody that's hurting. Investing time and energy to help someone that needs development. Any number of small things can become part of someone's story of faith in Christ and membership in the kingdom of God. We never know. Small things can have big implications. Alistair Begg said about this text, the kingdom of God, though very small and apparently insignificant, would eventually grow into cosmic proportions. We ought not to feel that our part in kingdom business, however lowly and unseen, will ever be insignificant. The influence of the kingdom comes from the king, not by man's method or power. The second picture that Jesus used is that of yeast or leaven. We've talked about leaven here before. I didn't think to ask Michelle to make more bread without leaven that we could build a house out of. Um, And many times leaven is used in the negative in Scripture, and that has caused some scholars 
to warp the meaning of this passage and to try to keep Jesus consistent. Like every time he talks about leaven, it has to be bad because he used it in a bad sense one time, and so every time he uses it, it must be bad. That's not the case here. Jesus is a little more flexible than that. Praise the Lord for that. Look at verse 20. And he said, and again he said, to what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It's like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leavened. Is Jesus representing leaven as bad there? No. He's representing it as pervasive and influential. Right? It just takes a small amount of leaven to affect, uh, uh, to have a huge effect on a large quantity of dough. And once it's there, there's no getting rid of it. There's no getting rid of it. I think that's really important. This is what the kingdom of God is like. Small things having big effects. One little baby, 12 nobodies from nowhere, a word, a song, an act of of kindness, an invitation, a simple prayer can lead to a life renewed and revived. Now, you may have convinced yourself that nobody ever came to Christ because of a clean toilet or a well-plowed parking lot. But you don't know that. That's a beautiful truth. We may never know what effects the small things that we, uh, that we do or have done might have on somebody else. Even if it's somebody that we'll never meet. We may be just one of a million little influences that the Lord uses to bring people to saving faith in Jesus Christ. So if I were to give you one gift, it's not for me, for this Christmas, it would just be this simple reminder. You matter. What you do and what you say or what you don't do and what you don't say can have eternal effects. We never know how far the ripples will go when our pebble is thrown into the pond. We have no idea. The things that we do and say as well as the things that we don't do or don't say have an effect on others. Those effects could be positive or negative. But all can be used by the Father to draw people to himself through faith in Jesus. You matter to the growth of the kingdom of God. When you put the pressure on yourself, well, I've never led anybody to Christ. You don't know that. You don't know that. We're not salesmen. Praise the Lord. Don't forget the influence of the kingdom comes from the king. All we need to do is to be available. 
to be willing. And again, that's not about doing some gigantic thing. You ever wink at a kid and watch him grin? (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. It could be something that small. The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 4, 5 through 7, For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts, and uh, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Hmm. Paul also wrote earlier in 1 Corinthians 1, 28, Consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you all are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. When you do the thing, say the word, are available in that moment, and you don't know what's going to become of it, it doesn't matter. It's none of your business. Every river, every stream is moved along. Every ripple is caused by something you don't see. Some small thing, some rock, some root, some branch, down underneath the water in the deep. That just makes that bump, and that bump starts to work on this shore, and the, and, the, and the river starts to move. We don't know if maybe we're that bump, we're that rock, we're that root, changing the course of a person's life and driving them to Jesus. The kingdom of God starts small on earth and small in the heart, but it's pervasive and it's influential in both the earth, and the heart. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this wonderful truth that your will is going to be done on earth. That your gospel is going to be proclaimed. Whether it's from pulpits like this or to crowds of thousands or to individuals. Your word is going to be proclaimed. Lord, I thank you for the millions of opportunities that you've given each one of us to affect the lives of those around us. I pray, Lord, that we would be faithful to represent you well in all situations. I pray that we would be willing to represent you well in all situations, recognizing that every situation that you have us in is a gospel opportunity. 
Whether or not we seal the deal or pray the prayer or sign the card, it doesn't matter. Lord, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would use each one of us to nudge those around us closer to you. That people would know Jesus and know your forgiveness and love and to be filled with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, if there's anyone within the sound of my voice that has not come to faith in you, but have been nudged consistently closer, I pray, Father, that now you would reach out to them and they would reach out to you to confess their sin, ask for your forgiveness, and be adopted as your child. We love you, Lord. We thank you for all those influences that you've used in our lives to bring us to you. I thank you for the wonderful memories of people long gone that you've brought to my mind, my heart this week. I pray that we would all celebrate together those people those influences in our lives, that we would emulate them and be influences for the gospel in the lives of those around us. We love you, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576 West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890.